Today's guest is a true pet boss and mom boss. I know her story will be inspiring, even if you don't have children, because it's a story of risk with strategy, a story of challenging relationships to find balance with work and life, a story of believing in yourself and in others. Along with her husband, she owns three pet retail stores in New Hampshire called Newfound Pet Center. She's opening up about self-care, her family relationships, and how they've all scaled to three locations in three years and are seeing a 20% growth. I'd like to introduce you to Tara Valliere. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, Tara. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. You are a Pet Boss Club member who then became a Pet Boss Mastermind member. I'm excited for you to share your story of quick success. I feel like you've grown very quickly in your business, but also the balancing act between juggling your family responsibilities and running this growing business. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So (laughs) your locations, you have three locations right now with the newfound pet center, and they're all in New Hampshire. Can you tell us more about the businesses? Sure. We opened our first store in October of 2021. It was a really small retail space, 700 square feet. We did live animals, fish, reptiles, small animals, as well as dog and cat supplies. We then expanded the following year and opened a second location. So that was in October of 2022. And we recently just opened our third location. So all of our stores have those same categories. And at the same time as we opened our third location, we also expanded our first location to double the space. So we've done a lot of expansion within the first two years and we're excited to move forward. Yeah, that is a lot. And I thought, you know, I opened my first store in 2006 and then a year later, my mom who was involved in my business was like, well, if the bank gave you a loan on these fake numbers, the guesstimate numbers, like they'll give you another loan for expanding again. Now you have real numbers, you know? And I was like, okay. And then she went and talked to the bank and got, got like got the ball moving for my second location. And then, yeah, the second location happened a year later. And then due to construction issues, I was forced to have to do another location to save the businesses a year after that. So yeah, similar three years, three locations. And I don't know about you, but I, at that point, I didn't know a whole lot about what I was doing. I was like, it stretched thin. I didn't realize, like, I think when you grow like that, you realize like how much you still have to fix, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that as we share your story. But so it's not just you in the business. Tell me more about who's involved. So my husband and I opened the stores together. Mm-hmm. And then we have two teenage girls. One's a sophomore and one's a junior. And they work in our stores as well. And really, our oldest daughter has taken on a huge role. She does all of our social media. 
and she does a great job at it. So that's been really exciting for us to be able to pass that off to her because that's more her passion and not really something that we excel at. So that's been a great opportunity for us. So that is awesome that your daughter, what's her name that's doing the social media? Bella. Bella is bossing that social media and helping you out, right? I mean, I think all of our listeners are probably like, oh my gosh, I wish I had a high school daughter that could help me do my social media. So that's awesome. Uh, Way to go, Bella. All right. So both you and your husband have left what you were doing before to come to this. Could you share more about your story about what led you to start a pet business? So we both worked for the same company, a large corporation. It was convenience retail, and we had absolutely no passion for it. I was a fuel pricing analyst, and he was a market manager. And so he was tired of managing 100 employees plus. And I was tired of sitting at the computer analyzing numbers all day, every day. So we sat down and thought about what our interests were and what we were really passionate about. And we decided that our pets were at the top of the list. And since we had retail experience, we just decided, let's try a store and see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How hard could it be, as they say? (laughs) I would say he pushed me hard. I was the most nervous. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. So how did it feel to be leaving your jobs to come into this, you know, being self-employed full time? Well, it took us a while. When we first opened the Bristol location, we worked full-time for the first year. It wasn't until my nephew came to live with us that Mm -hmm. I really decided that I had to step away because I couldn't do that many things all at once. And then for Scott, it it just got to the point where he decided that he was also ready to step away. And so it was nerve-wracking and it was exciting. And it was, there were a lot of emotions, but we decided we were at the right spot to do that and focus full time on it as we opened our second location. So mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Well, and I, that's kind of what you have to do is you have to just like pretty much like jump off the high dive and just go all in. And sometimes there's a huge rush. You know, you're nervous at first, but you kind of feel like, all right, I feel slightly prepared, but really don't know what's in that water. You know, I mentioned earlier too that I I got business loans, but I know that sometimes when I are on this point of sharing the story of how you got started, so many people listen to this podcast who are also considering leaving jobs or potentially like pushing forward in their dream in the pet industry. Can I ask how you financed this? We didn't take business loans. Mm-hmm. We started by selling our camper. We decided that it felt like more of a commitment than fun at this point mm-hmm. where our kids were so much older. And we didn't really want to keep it anymore. So we decided that that was how we were going to finance our first store. And like I said, it was a small space. So we were able to do that with the funds from that. Um, That's part of the reason we kept our jobs the first year was so that we could use all of the money that was coming in from our first location, knowing we intended to open a second location. So I wouldn't say it was an easy process, but we were pretty adamant we didn't want big loans that would make Mm -hmm. it more challenging long term. Yeah, sure does. (laughs) <laughs> I know that from firsthand experience. <laughs> uh, that's that's wonderful. And so it sounds like you are disciplined at following probably a budget. We try. You try. <laughs> All right, you try. <laughs> now you mentioned that both your teenage daughters are you know work in the business. How has involving your family into the business has it been a strength for you guys or more of a challenge? Can you talk on the evolution of that? Yeah, I think a combination initially. Our girls were the ones that wanted us to hire them. They were adamant that they wanted their own money and that they were ready to take it on. So Bella didn't always do our social media. She started just as a cashier, just like Gabby. I would say that for them, it really helped them grow 
they took on the customer service role so quickly and customers absolutely love them. They'll come up to us in the grocery store and talk about how much they love seeing them at the stores. So initially we kind of wondered how receptive customers would be to a 13 or a 14 year old educating them on caring for their pets, but it's been really well received. But I think for them, they've really gained that confidence that's going to help them later. Obviously, there's a tax benefit for us, so that helps financially. And then I think the biggest challenge probably is just managing their schedule. They're such busy girls. They do sports year-round. Obviously, they're in school. So managing their schedule so that they can still be at all the kids' stuff while still helping us in the stores and making sure we all see each other. Right, right. And I do think that's probably one of the hardest pieces of hiring high school kids, no matter, even if they're not your children, (laughs) but high school kids in general, even college kids is their, their busy schedule. So as far as being their mother, right, their mom as well at work, did the lines cross a lot or have you been able to kind of separate yourself? I think a combination. Definitely the the lines cross because they'll they'll bring things up at home and mm-hmm. ask us questions. But they're such good kids that it's yeah. not like we have disciplinary action we need to take against yeah. them at the stores or anything or even at home. So from that perspective, it's been fine. But I think they definitely feel like they have to perform better than our other employees because they're our kids. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, you've shared with us today that your nephew is now living with you. Can you tell us that story? I know that that was a huge impact in your life and in your family. So last April, my sister committed suicide. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I, I touched that you are willing to share her story and your nephew's story and how your beautiful family has just welcomed him into into your arms here. And I just wanted this platform and podcast as a way for you to share her story because I know, unfortunately, suicide just touches so many of our lives. Yeah. So he came, he came to live with us when he was seven. He essentially came with nothing. He didn't have his toys. He didn't have his clothes. So it was really like him starting over. And so it was a bit of a shock for him as well as for our kids, as well as for Scott and I. We didn't have time to prepare. We didn't know this was happening. So yeah. all of a sudden, one weekend, we went from two kids to three kids and having to set up a bedroom for a little boy when we have teenage girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so this was, did they live nearby or what did he have to travel to you? He had to travel. They lived in the next state over. He was in his third school within that school year. Stability was really not a thing for him. And so our lifestyle was polar opposite of what he was used to living. So it was hard for him to adjust in every way. He he had never been to the ocean. He had never been to an amusement park. So things we do with our kids that were just part of like our every day family activities were completely shocking to him and scary for him. And so that was a lot for our kids to deal with and for us to try to navigate as well as just all of the trauma that he had experienced and trying to figure out how he's processing the fact that his mom's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Lifestyle change, processing that loss and learning to be around people. Did did you have a close relationship with him before that? No, when he was an infant, he was around a lot and my kids knew him well up until about two. And then my sister's choices weren't great for my kids. And so we didn't expose them to that. So he was essentially a stranger to us and us to him. 
And then have you now, I don't know the process of, of how this works, but it, were you just the next, um, was it decided that your, that your family was identified as the next available person to care for him? Or are you in the process of adopting him? It's kind of a shocking process, how little involvement there is from any type of official. Okay. (laughs) So basically he went to the hospital with Mm -hmm. a social worker after school and she let him go home with my mom. And we never heard from the state again. My mom and my dad sat me and my husband down and they said, we think you and Scott are the best option for him. And we think he would do well in your household with your kids because you're so like family involved and you do things with your kids all the time. And he's never gotten that. Mm-hmm. And so Scott and I said, oh my gosh, can we do this right now? Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> know, that's a, it's a big ask, but it's also kind of like, you feel like you can't say no, but cause you want to be there. But it is, it's a huge hit on your relationship plus the family with the girls too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so of course, a junior and a sophomore in high school, we've only had girls. Now we're going back to first grade with a little boy. So we were just like, oh my gosh, homework, having to be home at night. Like we typically close our stores. How are we going to logistically manage our lives so that we're home to take care of a seven-year-old? Yeah, we haven't had to do that in a long time. We just got to the point where our kids were so independent, but that was really the only option. My mom wasn't really in a good place to take him. My dad moved to another state and they lived in a community where he couldn't be because they're retired. And so that wasn't an option. So Scott and I decided that, yeah, we were going to do this. Yeah. And this was just this last April or was it last year? The last April. Okay. Yeah. It's been a year. Um, It'll be a year and a half coming up. Okay. Okay. And so what, I guess, what strategies are, how, how, how do you manage this new responsibility of having, having a younger child and a business? I mean, I know I'm trying to figure it out with a baby and he's not even mobile yet and we don't have homework yet. And you know he's not bringing, you know, germs home from school and making the whole household sick. Like we don't, we're not there yet, but I know it's coming. So yeah. I'd love for you to share um, some tips on how you're trying to balance all of this now as parenting him and still um, running the businesses. Um, so I think a lot of it, we do rely on our girls. Mm-hmm. Bella is able to drive and both of them are able to watch him when we can't be home. So that's very helpful to us. I guess when he first came to us, our biggest concern is how do we help him through this? And so he wasn't up to date on his vaccines, so we couldn't even get him into school. So we had to deal with all the medical concerns. Then we needed to deal with what kind of counseling does this child need at this point? And we were surprised to find how long the wait lists were. It took a long time to get him into counseling. And so um, we had to navigate those first holidays without any assistance. Mm. So after we got him into counseling, we started to see some improvements, but then we realized that that counselor wasn't the right fit for him. So really utilizing the resources was huge for us. We ended up determining that a community mental health center was a better choice for him because they make our lives easier and because they can offer more services for him. So now he's able to have his counseling sessions at school. So we don't need to take an hour off to drive him an hour for the mm-hmm. appointment and an hour to get him back. So that gives us those three hours of our work day back. And also he can rely on it and he knows that she's going to come at this time every day or every week and he'll be pulled out of class for a private session. And so he really relies on that now. And they also have a woman who picks him up from school one day a week to help him learn how to have healthy relationships because that wasn't part of his life previously. Mm-hmm. So I think 
those resources have been a lifesaver for us. And then in addition to that, we just make sure that our staff understands that when we're off, we're off. Somebody mm-hmm. else is in charge during that time and whoever the person on duty is needs to be the person that they contact because we need to deal with our home life when we're at home. We do still work in our stores since it's so new to us. So they have a lot of access to us and they can they can ask those questions while we're there. Yeah, while you're, while you're there. And it's nice that you're both involved in the business because then, you know, it's two full-time, two extra full-time people who are really invested in the business's success too. So that's nice that they have that support from you. So yeah, there's some interesting themes and thank you again for sharing all of that. I know that your, I know your your journey you've been through so much and it's very very inspiring and I'm sure to many people listening just even what you've shared I know people are trying to figure out how to navigate different situations as well in their lives and I just wrote down some themes as you were saying that the first one was just it kind of sounds like the getting the support right from your your daughters and potentially other family around and then the community resources really having having support is is important because you, it would be almost impossible to do this on your own right yes. Uh, the second theme was that you, you mentioned medical help and then the counseling help. And in my mind, I think of that, like he he had some foundational things that needed to be managed and, and supported to help him be successful. And without that foundation, it still wouldn't have worked. Right. So I think for a lot of when we think even about our business and how we want to grow things or our own family lives and relationships, like we have to figure out what that foundation is, is needed first. Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely have to compartmentalize and prioritize and figure out which thing to focus on first. And so for us, for him, it was absolutely counseling. For us, for our stores, it was getting our staff to understand their roles so that they can function without us when we do need time with him or with our kids. Our youngest daughter also got a really bad concussion last year and she had to go to the, the eye doctor every week and she had to go to the chiropractor every week. So I had to bring her to the doctor it's so time consuming. I mean, they, yeah. these appointments are so time consuming. I mean, you know, I just had a lot of doctor's appointments with our fertility stuff to get pregnant and I had to drive an hour each way for a 15 minute appointment yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're like <laughs> three times a week, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, and then especially then if you're also dealing with um, any health, serious health issues, like mine, mine was, wasn't that case, but it's just so time consuming and navigating all the different medicine and therapies and everything and the contacts and every, all the information that you need to keep track yes. of. I mean, it really, <laughs> it's like a whole separate business. You have to run the, the you know, the family business. Yep. Um, another theme here is consistency or, uh, you know, it sounds like he's better with consistent routines and, and same thing in our own lives and businesses as well. Right. And then I love that when we're off, we're off so many business owners don't set that boundary because they maybe don't trust their team or they haven't taken the time to train the team or they're just controlling over certain things or they're nervous about how it's going to go and they can't quite let that piece go. You now have had so much growth within just a few years and already had children that you needed to care for. And in this scenario, where do you feel like you were just forced to be that way from the beginning? Or did you was that a, a process for you to learn how to just set that boundary? The combination. It was definitely something that we learned. We both have management experience from our previous jobs. So we've understood that it's necessary. Our other jobs really spilled into our home life a lot. And so that was mm. one of the things we didn't want when we started yeah. this is that yeah. freedom to spend time with our kids when we had time with our kids, not get called in because somebody wants a report. 
within the next hour or whatever right. else may be needed. So I think we kind of went into it knowing that we were going to work really hard the first year so that we could get the other stores open. And then we were going to step back a little bit and make sure that our schedule allowed us to spend time with our kids. They only have two years left with us before they go to college. Yeah. So we make sure that we're really careful with our schedules so that Scott and I get a weekday off together so that we have kid free time. And that when the girls are on vacation during the summer, they all have a day together that they can go do something. So I think it's important to just make sure that you know what you want out of it and that you set those goals and achieve them. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you've thought about time off and what the boundaries would be and what you might want your schedule to look like. So then how does that actually translate to taking action? Do you time block? Do you use a Google calendar? Do you have a paper calendar? How do you actually systematize <laughs> your life? So for our staff, we use Homebase and that allows me to block off their time off requests when I know for sure that our kids have something that we need to be at. So it's not even a discussion if they can. Yeah. So time. for those who don't know what Homebase is, it's a, a software, like an app that, that you pay for. Yeah. And we do all of our scheduling and payroll through that system and our staff can message us on it when they have questions and things like that. So that's how we manage that part of it. With our home life, Google calendars, the girls have them. My nephew has them. My husband has them. Everyone gets tagged in what they have. So everybody knows where they need to be and when they need to do it. There's no way we could function without it. Everyone needs to be in different places at different times. Yeah. And so we absolutely rely on that. Have a, have, yep. Have a, G, a Google Gmail calendar for everybody. I love that. Yeah. Have you seen the ads now? There's like this flat screen TV or like app that you, or not app, but like a giant tablet that you can hang in your kitchen and it has all the calendars. I, I, I'm going to look for it because I feel oh like my that, gosh, no. it would be great for home life, but also like in a business setting too, like to know, and it can yeah. like sort tasks and it's visual and people can like, it's like touch screen. Yeah. It's great. Oh my gosh. That's cool. I'll have to, I'll have to, if I find it, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. So you found support for your nephew and the girls and the team. So uh, what do you do for you? <laughs> do you have any opportunity to have some self-care? Where do you find support? Uh, I would say we're working on that. That okay. is a big area that needs improvement. I think now that he's been with us for over a year and he's starting to really settle in, things are a lot calmer at home everybody's kind of adjusted to the new routines. And so I think that will free up a little bit. But again, that would go back to like Scott and I taking a day off together during the week. Mm -hmm. So we just go do something, whether we take our dogs out for a hike or we go to the beach or we find something to do together to just kind of disconnect from all those other obligations. Yeah. And I'd like actually for you to talk about that a little more because, and I am guilty of this too, when I say, oh, I've got a day off work. I really just means I'm catching up on other things, like whether it be laundry or grocery shopping or even more work stuff and people just don't think I'm working. Um, but that's not fun. And but I I can even tell in my for myself when I fully disconnect and go see family or go out to eat or go to go do something while I feel like I, I'm I don't get caught up on other things in my life. It was so great to recharge. Yeah, I, I think we have both of those struggles as well. Mm -hmm. Especially like if I leave early for an afternoon, it's almost always because my kids have something else going on. And so mm -hmm. I'm really just driving them in circles to all of their events. So that's why we really try to have like one day that's not focused on anyone else's schedule. It doesn't always mm -hmm. work out, but for the most part, we've been able to. And so that's made a huge difference in just keeping us motivated. We noticed a huge difference from when we weren't taking time off together and we were all, both working 
all the days or we were opposite days off. So it's made a substantial difference just us having that one day, even if it's not a full day because the kids have afternoon activities, but just a few hours where we can go do something that's not work related, not kid related, not groceries, not laundry. (laughs) Yeah. And putting (laughs) your, you know, your relationship first, maybe not first, but at least still making it a priority, which is really important because I bet it would be really easy to just be like two ships passing in the night with all the different schedules and, and activities. My goodness. That's good. I mean, it's good for all of us to think about. I, you know, I, we're in a similar, we're not similar, but we, we can be two ships passing in the night because we are trying to finish our commercial property and, and Joey's spending a lot of time there. And, you know, I've got Carmine and, and work and just different obligations. And so our schedules can be off sometimes. It's easy. I mean, we've I've talked about this in previous episodes that you know, just being a workaholic. It's so easy to be a workaholic because so many of us, like our hobby is work. Our hobby is the pet industry. Our, our you know, our, our hobby. We might really love actually doing the marketing, or we might really love building spreadsheets, or we might really love researching natural alternatives for you know helping pets and animals. And so, it's it's easy to just stay in this hamster wheel all the time of work. Yeah, it absolutely is. And if we miss a week, it's so easy to get back in that habit of not taking that time. And we have to be like, wait a second, we haven't done something in three weeks. Like we need to take (laughs) some time. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm so curious that you brought up your husband. So do you have separate roles inside the company? Do you focus on specific tasks and he focuses on others? Yeah, I think he definitely builds our stores. So mm-hmm. he hand all of our racks and everything aside from our food ones. He built himself. We didn't purchase them, which saved us a lot of money in expanding as quickly as we did. So he really likes to build displays and merchandise the stores. And then I handle more of the hiring and scheduling, ordering, invoicing, the procedural stuff. Yeah. Well, he does more of the physical stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yes, you've had a lot of growth and just a short amount of time. So where do you see your business going in the next five years? I would say more stable. Mm-hmm. Really now that we have the stores, we knew that it was going to be hard initially and that we would be working a lot to get them where we needed them to be. So now it's more focusing on our staff development and making sure that all of our policies and procedures are very clear. When people walk in, they understand what we expect from them. But of course, we always challenge ourselves. So I expect that we'll continue to do new projects and I'm not really sure. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. It seems like the, your growth that you've had is kind of like opportunities that have presented themselves and you know, you want to continue to grow your business. So you've said yes to these things and you're not afraid to move forward. Um, And that, you know, I saw that I see this a lot with different pet businesses when you do expand you then realize um, what operationally is missing and, and then going back. And then you now with expansion, you're employing more people. And so how you communicated as a team with one location and you saw each other at the same location versus how you communicate as a company as you're bigger is is probably one of the biggest hurdles. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we have our staff work in all three of our locations. They're close enough that they can drive between them. So that allows Scott and I to rotate between the stores at this point. So I would say five years from now, probably we'll have separate staff for each store. Yeah. And it won't be so complicated in that sense. Um, so I think there will be a lot of changes coming up, but it's dependent on adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. 
So I guess we'll end on that. Like what, what would be some advice that you would give somebody who is maybe a little hesitant to start a business because of maybe some personal challenges that they might be facing? Any words of encouragement that you can offer? I would say it's really important to know what you want. It's easy to get caught up in what everybody else wants. When we first opened, we had so many customer requests for various products and we felt obligated to try to satisfy all of those customers. But as we've grown and time has passed and we've learned, we've realized it's really about like what products we want to carry and why, not necessarily just somebody thinking that they want something, but not really understanding why, just because it's what they're used to. I would also say being committed to your goal. When we were building our Bristol store, we had customers walking by the windows saying, oh, a pet store in Bristol, no one would ever give them their money. <laughs> so we just kind of laughed. You actually like heard people say that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like you could—it's single pane glass. You can hear everything they're okay. saying, and they're just talking about how no one's ever going to come in. So just staying focused on what you want. Our—I mean, our sales are up twenty percent over our first year. Clearly, people are appreciating the service that we're providing to the community. So just not letting those things get you down, and really staying focused. Obviously, joining the Pet Boss Club has been substantial for us from the start. From when we from when I first signed up, using the money section was a game changer for us. So I think utilizing resources that are out there because you don't know what you don't know until you realize that you're missing that component. So I think just researching, staying focused, not letting other people's opinions sway your decisions are probably my best advice. Using profit first, that's what really allowed us to start taking paychecks. Yeah. And you know, even on that note, I mean, I know a lot of people love profit first, but then some people might say, oh, it doesn't work for me. It's like, well, maybe the exact system doesn't work for you, but conceptually you can probably tweak it to make it work. Oh yeah. We didn't use it to the T. We came up with our own plan, but it allows us those separate accounts. So we know that that money is ours. And so we're not going to spend it on inventory because we need to spend it on our mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because it's amazing how like the business will just suck everything else out of you, right? If If you let it take your time. Just like you said, you've scheduled these days off because if you don't, if they committed to the plan you've put in place, the business will suck every other ounce of time out of you. (laughs) Same thing with the money. Like it's really easy to take um, and just keep buying more inventory or invest in the next thing and forget that you have either tax bills coming up or your insurance, your annual insurance payment is coming up or these other expenses are coming up because, you know, you haven't really thought about the plan and like the big, you know, what's needed to, to run the business. Great. Well, I'm so glad that you found the Pet Boss Club helpful and our resources helpful to help you, you know, learn what you didn't know about business and continue to grow. So congratulations on your success. Thank you. And thank you so much for just being here today and sharing with our listeners about your story and what you've overcome and what's coming ahead. And I just would love, we'll have to do a follow-up episode maybe (laughs) next year or in a couple of years now just to see the transformation even that your nephew is having and the girls. I mean, when I think about what you've now provided for them, I had written it down, but you said it earlier too, that like just them working in your business um, has built, given them so much more confidence. So really taking, I think for all of us, like looking at what it is that we have in our life that can help boost other people and, and help build their confidence or give them that support system that they might be needing. So Tara, you're just, I think a beautiful soul who seems very generous with what she has and is willing to help others. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thanks for having me. If you or someone, you know, is thinking about attempting suicide, please tell someone who can help right away or call or text 988 
to connect with the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline.